You're listening to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me. My desire is that each podcast speaks to your heart while meeting you right where you are, answering your prayers in the most unbelievable way. A few days ago, I was visiting with family as my mother and her siblings gathered as they customarily do. In my aunt's living room sits an old data piano that has been there for as long as I can remember. Every so often, even as I was growing up, I would pass by and would attempt to play on the ebony and ivory keys as I've always had a dream of learning to play the piano. My eldest aunt, who is 86 years old, sat beside me on the piano bench and began to play several songs from an old tattered hymnal from years past. I was amazed at her dexterity as her fingers glid across the keyboard. She wonderfully played each and every note. I proceeded to find a song by the late Reverend James Cleveland titled, God Is, which was my grandmother's favorite song. And as she began to play, I could only stand in awe. But she suddenly paused in the moment just to hear the song in its entirety. Suddenly, the house became still. And we witnessed at that very moment the presence of God. The lyrics to the song read, God is my protection. God is my all in all. God is my light in darkness. God is my all in all. God is my joy in the time of sorrow. God is my today and tomorrow. And then it goes on to say in the chorus, God is the joy and the strength of my life. Removes all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep me, never to leave me. He never, never falls short of his word. I got to fast and pray, stay in a narrow way. I'll keep my life clean every day. I want to go with him. When he comes back, I've come too far and I'll never turn back. And then it goes on to say, God is, God is, God is my all in all. Today's Perspective Podcast is titled, Who is God to You? Joshua chapter 5 verses 13 through 15 tell us, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? 
And the captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereupon thou standest is holy ground. And Joshua did so. We are familiar, very familiar with biblical stories we have heard over and again since childhood. Watching Cecil B. DeMille's adaptation of the Ten Commandments starring Charleston Heston. But I humbly and respectfully pose the question, who is he? Who is he figuratively, personally to you? Not as one that dwells in a distant place, but one who walks beside us each and every day, never leaving us or forsaking us, but clinging to the promises that he made so long ago. In John chapter 14, verses 2 through 3, it tells us, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Or as mentioned in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, and it says, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. I have spoken with more than a few people recently that rather than coming to him as he beckons over and again, find reasons not to seeking to bring into question the validity or the existence of God or what we as Christians have done to damage the merits of God's truthfulness. Others just as well prefer to debate to no end the Savior's ethnicity or the authenticity of biblical scripture. Yet still, several more will seek to place together the basis of faith through the profusion of information and the never-ending voices heard via YouTube and other media platforms. While I do not find it necessary to debate without end the legitimacy of Scripture or the purpose of humanity's need of a Savior, my response is unpretentious. Our mind is unable to comprehend who God is. The prophet Isaiah asked, With whom then will you compare God? In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. God is beyond compare. No category of thought or imagination can fully comprehend an infinite God. Our limited minds are incapable of fully grasping an all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present God, but therefore... Jesus came to earth. No matter how much we read and attempt to dissect, no matter how many programs we watch concerning the history of God's people, no matter the number of movies we watch that are biblically inaccurate but entertaining and action-packed, 
And no matter how detailed a theologian's personal view is, God will not and cannot bend his ear to the immensity of our personal knowledge, but rather a heart's desperate yearning, a burning desire to have him close, that we may proclaim with gladness and with great assurance who God is. One that can draw us near, allowing us to abide under the shadow of his presence. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm chapter 91 verses 1 through 2. And rest for our weary soul, one that is able to say unto us, Go on and give us the utmost assurance that we have been sealed by his love. As he commands us, there are those that seek to remind us by using a phrase, well, what about? Not as one with an open and yielded heart, but in a hasty effort to avoid the consequence of truth. They will say, what about the church? The church are those churches. What about the millions of homeless? What about the tragedy of war? What about the martyrs? What about Christianity's bloody history? Some may have a reasonable amount of merit at face value, but it does not disqualify us from giving an account when God replies, yes, but this is about you. Psalm chapter 91 verses 14 through 16 tell us, Because he loves me, say the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. When he bids you to come, you refused. When he turned your life upside down, you paused not. When calamity was near and death perched upon your doorstep, you yielded not. He will say, I have kept you from famine. I have preserved you in the days of your youth. I have made the land fat and the ground brought forth an abundant harvest. I have allowed you to reap which you were powerless to keep, which is life eternal. Again, I simply ask, who is God to you? That is something we can neither relegate or impose. As the virtues of our faith constantly come to question, we are often asked if so-and-so are Christians, why did they do this? So-and-so said they were Christians, but they did this. And yet my temper response is the merits of our faith rest not in what we say, but what flows from within us bearing forth what the Bible refers to as good fruit, 
as it states in Galatians 5, chapter 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 6, it tells us, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. These are the attributes of Christ, the essence of our faith. God unceasingly beckons us to come as the time of our Savior's return draws close. That beacon of light that continues to shine forth, piercing the very darkness that impedes us, seeking to find us right where we are. The audacity of God's grace and mercy shines forth throughout Scripture. It serves both as witness and testimony of His presence. What prevents us? What hinders us? We should be able to simply declare, just like the song's lyrics, God is. Abraham, having been asked by Isaac, his son, in Genesis chapter 22, verses 7 through 8. And it says, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Jacob, having sojourned in a strange land, sought to return home, wrestled with an angel in the wilderness. In Genesis chapter 32 and verses 24 through 28. And it says, so Jacob was left alone with the man, wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And Moses in Exodus, chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. 
Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Bearing witness of the God they served, they sought to know him face to face. Clothed in his love, washed by his blood, God gave everything for us. He left his throne in glory and dwelt among us to feel what we feel, to suffer what we suffer. Yes, he was 100% divine and yet 100% human at the same time. He was touched by our infirmities as his heart ached for the entirety of humanity, his very own creation. He did all of that for us and displaying the greatest measure of restraint through love. With legions of angels at his disposal, he endured the indignity of suffering, paying the totality of redemption's price for you and me. And again, I ask once more, who is God to you? Thank you once more for listening. If you like what you have heard, please subscribe or leave a comment on the Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, or Overcast podcast platforms. Or send me an email at howarddc42 at yahoo.com. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.